For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of Meandering Mike on the Geek Show Podcast Network. I'm Rob and as always I'm going to be speaking to someone amazingly interesting. Today I've got Evan Butler who's part of a Kickstarter campaign to produce a documentary about Mother or Earthbound as it was originally called. So Mm -hmm. Evan, how are you? Hi, thanks a whole bunch for having me on the show today. I am doing great. I'm a little sleepy. (laughs) <laughs> that is that's it i that there's nothing else to me i'm just a little drowsy right now that's how i'm doing so if we suddenly hear snoring from the other end we know what's happened or just like if i just go quiet just just scream because like, i have the headphones in so I, I i can hear it it's a shame we don't have like a reaching broom that can poke you across the atlantic maybe one day i feel like that would be a really useful invention you know for a lot of different applications i just like to imagine the military applications like that's it's just astounding, honestly. So, Evan, tell me more about Mother to Earth. How did the idea for the documentary get started? It honestly sort of was just that like blog post that just went crazy. <laughs> it's the blog post that metastasized and then grew some legs and crawled out of the out of the sort of idea ocean onto land and took its first, you know, gasps of air. Um I started like two years ago, me and one of the other director, um, Joshua Bone Christian, and we were just doing sort of personal research on the history of Mother, uh, the first game in the Mother slash Earthbound series. It's called Mother in Japan. In, in America, it's known as Earthbound. It's called the Earthbound series. And that's just like one of the weird localizing quirks that they did. They just retitled the entire series. No biggie. Um, and so we're just sort of doing like personal research and we wanted to make like a little YouTube video or maybe just like a post sort of really chronicling the history because there's been a few like posts on just like random forums and like really old websites that sort of talk about the interesting history because this game has a fascinating history because it was a huge success in Japan. There's about half a million copies of it that were released and then it was slated to be released in the US and localized in English. but it got localized, but it never got released. But there are a few prototypes, sort of internal prototypes at Nintendo headquarters. But somehow, which we've explored and found out and we're going to show in the film, somehow those prototypes actually got smuggled out of the Nintendo headquarters and into the hands of like fans and collectors. And so we found out the whole history of that story. And then we just sort of like sat on it and didn't do anything with it. We we're like, hey, what are we going to do? I was like, I have no idea. And then we just sort of honestly forgot about it until last summer when the game it was rebranded as Earthbound Beginnings was finally actually released for the virtual console for the Wii U. And so I called up Josh that night. I was like panicking and freaking out. I was like, like, oh my gosh, it finally got released. We never thought it would get released. We were just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Because, you know, not only are we fascinated with the story, we just, we, we're in love with the entire series. It's a great series. It, you know, it's a series that I sort of grew up with. Yeah. It's very core to who I am and stuff like that. And I was just like, 
I was talking to Josh and I was just like, Josh, you do realize that we're like the only two people that know the entire story of like how it actually leaked out and how it exchanged hands and like, you know, all these under under the table money deals. And at one point somebody sold it to pay for like a good chunk of their house. Really? Yeah. One of these prototypes. Yeah. And then we found those other carts that like, you know, people thought were lost and didn't know where they were. It was a pretty cool time. We should probably do something with all this information that we have. And then I was just like, let's 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 just make a documentary because you know this story deserves more. The story genuinely deserves more than just a post on a forum that no one will ever read. This deserves more than a YouTube video that will get like three hundred views. This this deserves an actual to goodness professional quality movie. And so we started to work on that. We you know just put our heads together and we put our nose to the grindstone. And we figured out what to do. We contacted a production company that we sort of haphazardly ran into at a video game convention. And it's owned by Christian. He's the third producer, Christian Dietering. And so us three sort of worked. We had like business calls, like two hour long business calls, like twice a week, you know, for eight months planning this thing. And we had Skype groups. We had like Slack chats and base camps and we had everything. We got everything, you know, got the story together, got the outline together, budgeted everything out because Christian had actually done professional documentaries before. And so he knew how to budget everything out. And so we budgeted everything out. We had all the equipment together. So we started getting all the artists together for the backer awards. We've got a lot of awesome backer awards and it was just so much freaking work. And it eventually was just like, let's do it. Let's do it. We've prepped as much as we can. Either there's enough interest and in people are enthralled enough by the story, or we can convince enough people that this is a movie worth making, or, you know, there's never going to be, no one will be able to do it because we know the whole story. We're the only ones that know the whole story and we know that it's worth telling. So that's what we're doing right now with this campaign is trying to convince everybody out there that this is a great story. This is the story that isn't just for Earthbound fans. This is a, this is a story that isn't just for gamers. This is a story for everybody who's who's ever been interested in a good mystery. Fantastic. So that, yeah, that's my that's my soapbox speech. <laughs> no, it does sound like a really fascinating story. I mean, I'm 40 now, and I grew up with video games from the early 80s onwards. And for us here in the UK, Mother was always one of those very odd titles that we never really got access to but i did manage to find the localized version on the internet yeah well believe it or not we found um steve demeter also yeah. known as demi from neo demi force we found the guy who originally uploaded that rom you found him wow yeah not only did we find him he's a, he's like a multi-millionaire now he made one of the first apps ever for like smartphones wow and like he contacted us the other day and he was like, yeah, I'm kind of busy right now. I'm waiting in line to buy, you know, the Tesla three car. He just like went out and bought it. And we're like, oh, I guess I'll talk to you later. Wow. It's another really fascinating thing that this documentary will show is, you know, just the chain of custody. The people who own these cartridges, because every single person involved in this story is interesting. Yeah. They're, they're all very quirky human beings. We found the original English scriptwriter, the original localizer, a former Nintendo employee, Phil Sandhop. Yeah. He was one of the first people that we found. And the, and the way that we found him is like I think we were, we went through like old phone books. We didn't have any contact info on him. And so we went through old phone books and we found – I think we found like a P. Sandhop under wedding DJ. Wow. Yeah. That's and so odd. like we – 
we called him up and was like, hey, like 25 years ago, did you translate a game for Nintendo? And he's like, yes. Why? <laughs> so, like, yeah, no, it's it's just like, honestly, there's <laughs> there's like a documentary within itself on just how we managed to piece everything together. So I've got to ask, there is another Earthbound documentary, Earthbound USA. Mm-hmm. How does the documentary Mother to Earth differ from Earthbound USA? Earthbound USA is, you know, I, <laughs> I'm i not involved in that project. I yeah. can't say anything about it. Luckily, some of our team members have been able to talk to the director of that piece. Uh, I think one of the Benson brothers. And we told him about Mother to Earth, and he was actually super excited. He said that he viewed it sort of as a, as a companion piece to his own film because Earthbound USA focuses on Earthbound and the fans, the fan community. Right. Mother Earth focuses focuses on the prequel to the game, Earthbound Beginnings, yeah. and how sort of how that all began. So honestly, they complement each other, in my opinion, really well, and apparently from the opinion of the director, very well as well. I just thought we should maybe clarify that because some people might get confused with Mother actually being the franchise rather than just a single game. That's one of the hurdles that we really had to go through with this whole thing because it's just like, you know, it it is about Earthbound, but it's also like about the game, about the prequel to Earthbound, but Earthbound plays in a small part and, you know, in the end we're sort of billing it as we're finding out the true story behind the beginning of the Earthbound series. Yeah. Because it's a trilogy. Yeah. You said it was one of those games that made you who you are today. Tell me a little bit more about that. Honestly, I found I found the Earthbound series when I was in high school. I did wrestling in high school, and I didn't really have a social life. I just did wrestling the entire freaking time. And I don't know. I just I don't want to say Earthbound was a coping mechanism, but Earthbound, you know, it was it was a fun game. And I played it a lot, and I actually made a lot of friends through that game. Like, people would see me, because I actually imported Mother 1 Plus 2, which is the Japanese-only version, where it's the first game and the second game, Earthbound, on a Game Boy Advance cartridge. And so I'd play it a lot while I was, like, out wrestling at, you know, at events, things like that. And people would come up to me and be like, oh, what are you playing? It's like, oh, you know, Earthbound. Like, oh, I love Earthbound. And so I actually managed to make, I don't know, a lot of friends just with that, which is pretty funny. Apparently like it was a game that was just really close to a lot of people's hearts and it was close to my heart too. It, you know, it really captured that sort of childhood fun of like going out into the woods and, you know, just fighting trees with baseball bats, Yeah, <laughs> you know, as, as crazy as that is, but everybody's, you know, freaking wailed on a tree with a baseball bat in their, in their life. When I played mother, one of the things that I noticed about the game was the whole thing about family. And I can definitely relate. I grew up incredibly poor, like incredibly poor. Um, my father was, you know, extremely blue collar. He was a construction worker and he was out every day from, you know, sun up to sundown working on sites and stuff like that. And so a lot of the time when I wanted to talk to my dad, it was over the phone because he had one of those old school uh, giant freaking cell phones from back in the day. And, you know, my mom was home a lot and that really resonated in me. So that's kind of like a sad thing to re- for it to resonate in, but it, it did actually. How difficult was it putting everything together, all of this information? It wasn't that hard because we were so, so into it. Like it was, it was a literal treasure hunt. 
it was too much fun. That was that was the best part. And then we had everything, and they're like, "Now what?" <laughs> like it it was just genuinely a lot of fun to go out and find all the information and contact all these people. It was hard. Yeah, there were times when we were like digging through just like forums. You know, it's it's not as simple as like googling somebody. Like, I have a very luckily I have a very strong uh, history in investigations, and so I was able to that was able to help a lot with looking people up. You know. Not saying I dug through court records, but, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Did the whole investigation involve you going, say, across the country or across to Japan and speaking to people, or was it all very much based around the internet? A lot of it was online, but there were times where we had to go and drive out. Luckily, we had friends or, you know, we are separated enough. We had enough online friends across the country that we could send people out. We could get our friends to go out. You know, but we still had people drive like three hours. You know, I definitely, we definitely asked a little bit too much of a few people. We're like, hey, can you drive three hours to meet this guy at a coffee shop and do an interview with him? And they're like, okay. So, yeah, it, luckily we were able to do it. And there was a lot of internet, but there was also a lot of, you know, just, I guess, gumshoeing is the way that we describe it out here, where you have to go out and dig stuff up yourself. How much of that was divided between you, or did a lot of it fall mainly on you being the private detective? Believe it or not, the other uh, producer slash director, Joshua, he did he did a lot of that, which is pretty crazy. He he definitely has like a natural talent for it, which always really astonished me. I helped, but he actually did a lot, and he's like <laughs> he's he's a freak, he's a he's an art student out in Portland, Oregon. And sometimes he would beat me to the punch on research and finding people. <laughs> and I, I didn't take it personally, but uh, he, he's talented. He really is. He's he's a very good analytical mind, which is strange coming from somebody who's supposed to be an artist. But uh, I guess he's good at a lot of things. So I was honestly just very good to have him working with me. He He's like my rock. Like I'm sort of the crazy zany one that comes up with a lot of crazy ideas. And he's he's very good with you know, planning and follow through and putting everything together. And both of us just working as a team were probably the best, <laughs> the best two people, especially the best two people that I know to do this. Um, mm -hmm. What was it like working on a documentary for the first time? Luckily, I am a huge fan of documentaries and I have a really good background in going out, digging up facts and information and actually putting together presentations. Because, you know, this when you have to present your findings in court as a detective, you pretty much have to make a tiny documentary. You have to explain to the trier of fact, be it the judge or the jury, and say you have to convince them. You have to tell a story. Yeah. And so luckily I have a strong enough background that I, I know how to tell a good story, how to convince people, how to link things together, not just in people's minds, but also on paper, in the presentations and video. Uh, I do I do a lot of long-range photography in my job, yeah. but, <laughs> but it, it, was, it actually came really easily. Um, I love documentaries. Like my Netflix is literally just like, hey, what am I doing today? Watching like five documentaries. People, you know, binge watch their their Breaking Bad, but I'm just like, let's find out the history of Legos. Like that, <laughs> that's what I do. That is a completely enthralling and just obsessive documentary, and I have to say, it is the greatest thing I've ever seen. We do have Christian who runs a production company, and he has produced professional documentaries. 
he's actually done a very professional, like large-scale feature-length documentary. It hasn't been released yet. It's about gyrocopters, really? which is pretty – yeah. Wow. So, yeah, super cool. And so we actually do have some talent, and we do have good editors working with us to, pr- to produce a professional-quality documentary. We're not just some schmuck with a camcorder going around being like, tell me your feelings about video games and stuff like that. <laughs> I have seen plenty of those. <laughs> oh my gosh, I promise this will be better than most YouTube videos. Better than 5% of all YouTube videos. I'll say that much. <laughs> That's better than a lot of videos. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, Mother to Earth, the Kickstarter is on right now. And so everyone really should get involved with this. It sounds like an amazing documentary. It's something that I really want to see because it's something that I'm fascinated by as a video games collective. Yeah. And, you know, there's this whole other aspect of the film as well, where we sort of go into and talk about this video game black market that's emerging, which is a totally real thing. And I didn't make it up to sell press releases. No, no, no. I totally understand being a collector myself. You hear certain things about, people oh this person can get you this if you pay them this much money you're like i don't want to though i just want a copy of the game why do i have to do that and they're just like hey hey kid you want to buy a a 3ds dev kit and stuff like that (laughs) like um who are you why are you wearing such a big overcoat oh my gosh i have seen things i've seen things because i've plumbed the depths of this quote-unquote black market i've seen crazy things yeah like um one of the craziest things, I think, is when THQ went out of business. Yeah. A whole bunch of collectors went out and raided all their dumpsters after the buildings got cleaned out. Yeah. Because they just tossed everything. They raided all the dumpsters across the entire freaking world. It was this wow. crazy coordinated effort or something like that to, to raid all these dumpsters and get all the dev kits and all the you know development material, internal documents, and they did it. And then, you know, I've seen other videos where this guy is like, hey, check this out. And he has like this warehouse and you go into this warehouse and it's just filled. It's literally filled with like, like games that were, that were like hardly ever released. You know, that's, that's like the story behind Cheetahman 2 and stuff like that. You know, crazy stuff like this happens. It it needs to be shown. The world needs to know. (laughs) Wow. Right. Evan, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Mother to Earth, the Kickstarter is on right now. Give it your spot. So where can they find it? They can find it on Kickstarter. <laughs> Just get, uh, you, know, you can go to MotherEarth.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Mother2EarthMV. Uh, it's two as in T-O. So yep. Mother2EarthMV is our Twitter account. We have really great social media guys, and they'll answer any and every question you have. And just please, guys – Please consider, you know, just back a dollar. You know, that's all I really want is just please back a dollar. And if every single person backs a dollar, we'll have like five bucks and it'll be great. Thank you for having me on your show, by the way. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun talking about this. No, no, no. It's an absolute pleasure and an honor to have people like yourself on our show. You guys are doing something amazing and it's something that people need to know about. It's something that more people should know about. And you guys really put yourselves out there to do all the work. No, uh-huh. thank you. Good luck with the Kickstarter. We hope everything proceeds smoothly and that we see the documentary very, very soon. Aw, uh-huh. thank you. Have a great one. You too, Evan. Thank you so much. No problem.
For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.